Hi and welcome everyone to the 56th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Alonson and today's podcast will be about making CRM for the users. And with me today I have John Ferrara from Nimble. John Ferrara is a serial CRM relationship management entrepreneur and noted speaker about social media effects on sales and marketing. His most recent venture, Nimble.com, has reimagined CRM by building a simply smarter social sales and marketing platform. John is best known as the co-founder of Goldmine Software Corporation, one of the early pioneers of Salesforce automation and CRM, and customer relationship management software categories for small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome, John Ferreira. Thank you, Marcus. I'm really happy to be here with you and your community. I think that we all grow and learn by helping others do the same. And so any opportunity I have to teach, inspire and educate is, uh, is a great day for me. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I, uh, it's a beautiful day here in Santa Monica. It's uh, typically between 70 and 80 degrees, and uh, I'm near the ocean, and I, I love being surrounded by ocean and mountains. CRM is all about managing a customer relationship. So what is a good customer relationship for you? Well, I think that we're on this planet to uh, grow and help others grow. And I think a good customer relationship is a mutually beneficial relationship where you're adding value to that other person, regardless if you're selling them something or helping them in some other way. And so I think that the biggest mistake of people's idea of sales, it's about bagging and tagging people and, and, and making money, but it really isn't. Uh, we're on this planet to grow our souls and help other people grow their and I think you do that by listening and learning how you might add value to another person and that a CRM should help you to connect with other people and to more effectively serve them and help them grow. And, and that's what good customer relationships are all about. Who are your customer? Well, you know, we have a variety of customers. Some of them are actual end users that consume the Nimble software, but some of them actually are the distributors and resellers of that same software. So we have, uh, as a customer, Microsoft as a customer, Microsoft has signed a reseller agreement with Nimble where they're bundling Nimble with Office 365 and reselling it through their resellers and distributors. And so we have Microsoft resellers around the globe who are our customers reselling Nimble with Office Office and soon with Dynamics. And we also have uh, distributors like Ingram as well as uh, hosting providers like GoDaddy who are our customers. So we have a variety of people, including end users, distributors, resellers, VARs, and MSPs, and even Microsoft themselves. What is it that you do? Well, I'm not sure if you're asking me what I do or what does Nimble do. Uh, I could tell you that Nimble is a blend of social sales and marketing. It layers on top of Office or Gmail or G Suite and builds what's missing, the contact manager, but more importantly, a simple social sales and marketing system. Now, what I do is I'm the CEO and founder of Nimble, and my job is to make sure that our team has vision and the tools to execute upon that. And uh, that's what I do every day internally and externally. I'm the uh, chief storyteller. So I basically connect with people like you and share inspiration, educational stories about how you might become better, smarter, faster, the nimble way. I like the sort of chief storyteller and that you're on this 
venture with nimble.com i think that's sort of the adventure part of you leaking out there mm, there's a lot of uh, depth about my background and personality that i hope will color our conversation so making serum for the users i mean it sounds simple but I'm not sure where to start. Do you, uh, do you have any suggestions? You bet. Let's start at the beginning. So when, uh, when I started in sales, I was hired by a guy named Jim Alchin, who later went on to build Windows for Microsoft. When I met him, he was running a company called Banyan, Banyan Vines, which was a network operating system for enterprises. And then as part of my sales role, they gave me leads and said, go get them. And the leads weren't even real leads. They were just phone numbers of IT people and large corporations in my city. And I had to cold call them, make notes on that piece of paper, and then put the appointments in my day timer. And I thought that was really inadequate. And back then there was no Outlook, there was no Salesforce, there was no term CRM, SFA, or market automation. And I looked around for a tool that would integrate email, contacts, and calendar with sales and market automation for the whole team, and I couldn't find it. So in 1999, I founded a company called Goldmine that essentially was Outlook and Salesforce combined. And that's why people loved it, because it wasn't the CRM that you had to go work for and then the email that you lived in. It was really a blend of them both. And I think that CRM shouldn't just be for sales and marketing people. It should be for everybody in the company because everybody in the company participates in the customer journey. And I think that the reason why there's 225 million global businesses and less than 1% use any CRM is because CRM is not about relationships. It's about reporting. And you work for the CRM. You have to basically spend 60% of your time looking things up and logging what you know, logging what you did, and logging what you need to do. And you have to go to the CRM to use it when you're really living in email and now more and more social. So I believe that your CRM should work for you by building itself from the foundational things that you live in in your business, which today is Office or G Suite, Gmail or iCloud or a combination thereof, unifying email contacts and calendar, enriching it with people and company data, and then letting you use that anywhere as you work, including back inside your inbox or inside your Dynamics or Salesforce CRM or anywhere as you happen to be prospecting, including Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Foursquare, Google+, Crunchbase, AngelList, etc. Because if you're sitting in your CRM, it's kind of like sitting inside of a business with the door closed, hoping somebody's going to open the door. You need to be walking in your customer's digital footprint, adding value to the conversation to set yourself up as a trusted advisor. So when they do make a buying decision, they not only pick up the phone and call you, but they drag their friends with them. If I looked at the CRM system sense, what is the, the biggest cause of the failures there then? Well, let's just boil down what a CRM is. It's a database. It's a database that you define the data you want to put in and the data you want to get out. And ultimately, it's a repository for your leads and your customers for you to put leads in and for you to ideally nurture them till they're lead qualified and then engage them until you have a measurable business outcome. But the problem with today's CRMs is that that database requires too much human entry that the human entry has to occur only by the user going to the CRM. And both of those are causes of failure because human beings aren't good at data entry and they don't want to go to the CRM to do it. So then they don't do it. And so then the data doesn't get captured. 
on who that person is they're engaging with and what their business is about and the, the notes on the conversation and the follow up and follow through tasks. And so I think the biz cause of failure serum is lack of use. And even if you were to beat on your salespeople to type the data in, the data would decay so rapidly because people change and company changes. So the data becomes obsolete. So it's either lack of use or bad data that really causes most serum implementations to fail. And that's the key thing that we've done at Nimble by making the first CRM that works for you by building itself, by uh, building the records on people and company for you, linking the interactions on email, calendar, and social, and enriching it with the people and company data so you don't have to Google somebody, and then working wherever you're working with our plugin into Edge, which we announced tomorrow, our plugin into Office 365, uh, Outlook Desktop, Outlook Mobile, and in 30 days, our plugin to Dynamics so that we can unify your Office contacts, your Skype contacts, your Dynamics contacts, and your Twitter and LinkedIn contacts, and then let you use that wherever you're engaging. So I think the reason why most people live in their email is because that's where they're having conversations with customers. That's beginning to bleed over into social. And you have to basically still work for your serum by going to it to use it. And that's too much work. If you have to take an extra step to enter data, if you have to actually enter data, then I think that that becomes an impediment to you doing what you should do as a human. As a business person, you need to listen to learn, to find ways to add value to then present them with a solution that they make a buying decision on. And if you're spending all your time typing data in a database, you're just not gonna be as good at that human interaction. And that's the key to CRM success is good contact management, which should be at the heart of all CRMs. Okay, so you're suggesting that I work with them from the email inbox then, because that's where I am at already anyway so but but then I, I have this other side of me that want to to track more because okay I have this other pick list that I want to fill in see let's say okay we're running a campaign did they notice this campaign or not so how do I um, balance these values against each other okay I have this opportunity I want to improve it by have more information on it so I know more about it but on the other hand I don't want to force people to to enter too much info yes so I think what you're saying is that there's certain data that you need to view in regards to the status of your lead, including um, their interactions with your marketing uh, communications, as well as the ability to update the opportunity so that it is current and accurate. And so my philosophy on that is that most salespeople don't actually use market automation systems. They really need their own personal sort of rifle, if you will. So let's talk about the cycle of a lead into a business. 
So what happens is you drive this eyeball into your website or your social landing pages and you convert that eyeball into a data record. That data record might go into your CRM, it might go into your market automation system or that market automation system might tie to your CRM. But nevertheless, you need to nurture that lead until it's lead qualified before you ever give it to a sales rep. So the first thing a business needs to buy is a market automation system and then they need a CRM. But after the lead's qualified and you give it to the sales rep, the sales rep's typically not going to be using the market automation system to outreach because the emails would look like they came from a machine uh, with the typical headers and unsubscribes and all that kind of stuff. They need to, number one, get business intelligence about who that person is and what their company is about. That's sales intelligence. Today, people Google people to do that, and then they go log that in the sphere. I'm wasting 60% of their time. And then they need to be able to engage in a one-to-one -one level. So if you think about mark automation as the bombers over the battlefield, then the soldier has to put boots on the ground in order to get that deal done. The soldier needs sales intelligence, and they need a rifle, which means that email templating tracking that looks like the email came from you, but you still, as a sales rep, get the signals on opens, clicks, and in the engagement. So the sales and marketing technology stack of the typical sales rep or, or company includes mark automation, CRM, sales intelligence, and sales enablement email tracking. And let's just talk about the products. Mark automation might be MailChimp to Marketo. Uh, CRM might be Nimble to Salesforce to Dynamics. Sales intelligence might be LinkedIn Sales Navigator or Inside View. And then the sales enablement email tracking might be Yesware, ToutApp, or some other email tracking tool. And Marcus, my thinking on that is all those tools are too costly and complex for the average business to set up and pay for it, let alone to force their salespeople to use because salespeople are too simple. They're not really good at doing all these sophisticated things that they might need to do to tie these disparate systems together. And that's why, again, we built Nimble because Nimble is a blend of social sales and marketing, giving you the ability to capture leads, nurture them, lead qualify them, and then to have the sales intelligence and to engage them in the in that one-to-one -one way and um, and so yes you need to be able to update see the status of the engagement in marketing as well as update opportunities but that's the cool thing about nimble is you don't have to go to the CRM to do that you could actually do that within nimble and soon with our synchronization with dynamics all that information will end up back in dynamics so nimble becomes the system of record for relationships and engagement wherever you're working but dynamics could still be the plumbing on the back end for the reporting and the management and the control because I I believe CRM today stands for customer reporting management because they're really designed for management and reporting and salespeople really need an engagement system that they could love and not just salespeople but ideally everybody in the company because it's not just salespeople at the touch of customers and it's not just prospects and customers that you're engaging with in order to grow your business at at nimble we engage with editors analysts bloggers influencers third-party developers investors advisors and prospects and customers of various sizes and everybody in the company is participating in that journey and that's why people love nimble because it's the system a record of relationships for everybody in the team. And I think that's why they loved Goldmine because Goldmine was Salesforce and Outlook combined before either existed. And that's what we're doing with Nimble. But this time, we're happy to integrate with your existing social sales or marketing CRM, including Dynamics. So if I look at an opportunity then, and I want to sort of share it with other ones to 
can they look at the status of that opportunity then and see okay about where are you at or is it more just a record of this activities has been going on sure so we haven't built the two-way synchronization to dynamics to enable dynamics to be embedded within nimble yet but that is something that uh, microsoft has announced at inspire the ISV embedded program where Nimble will be actually able to embed Dynamics within our platform and actually upsell you into a Nimble version of Dynamics in the future. Today, what we've done is we've started the integration process with, well, we've done it with Office and now we're doing it with um, uh, Power BI, Microsoft Flow and Power Apps. And soon we'll be doing that with Dynamics. So in about 30 days, we'll release a integration of Nimble that works within Dynamics embedded natively. Today, it works with inside of your Chrome or Edge browser to enable you to bring Nimble records within Dynamics. But in the future, you'll be able to view Dynamics components within the Nimble application that works inside of your browser. So you could be inside of a business article, inside of your email, inside of Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're engaging, and to be able to not only know who the person is and what their business is about and the history of interactions for you and the team, but to be able to create, edit, and update any components, including opportunities that reside in your dynamics wherever you're engaging. And I think that's gonna change the way people work because People don't want to have to work for their CRM and go to their CRM to do the editing and the updating. I think a lot of the updating should be done automatically, but the things that you need to do as a human, if you like need to log a note, schedule a task, update an opportunity or create one, you'll be able to do that as an embedded part of Nimble where Dynamics resides within Nimble everywhere you're working. Okay, so you're looking more for engagement opportunities more than dynamic CRM opportunities then. So you're more of this, okay, who can I engage with today more than, okay, what's the record that I have to work with in the system then? Yes. And I think that, you know, dynamics is a great uh, plumbing tool, right? It's great for integrated into various data systems and reporting. Uh, but if you actually have to go into the UI of a contact record and enter and edit data, it's more difficult for the user experience. Marcus, have you ever seen a mainframe terminal? Uh, this uh, green on black? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen those. Okay, so I sold the first uh, 300,000 computers to Southern California corporations before there were computers on desktops. And I replaced hundreds of thousands of terminals. Now, when I look at a mainframe terminal, it's this text-based green screen thing that's just a lot of work to type data in. And I, when I look at a today's legacy CRMs, that's what I see. And I think that uh, for the most part, you're doing the work by typing all that data in. And, and no human being likes to work in a, in a screen that is uh, difficult to view and use and edit it and that you have to do all the work. And that's what we're trying to do with Nimble is to make that simple and easy for users, whether they use Nimble as their social sales and marketing add-in on top of Office as their own CRM 
or they use Nimble within the Dynamics ecosystem because if you ask Mark Benioff or any of the leadership that originally built Dynamics CRM, they'll tell you that the main gateway drug to Salesforce and Dynamics was Goldmine. And that's because customers need a simple place to start with social sales and marketing and Goldmine did that. Nimble is going to do that in the future for the billions of office users out there. But then when they're ready to upgrade to a deeper, richer, uh, backend uh, platform, that will be Dynamics and Nimble will basically include that as part of its offerings to upsell and cross-sell users into a Dynamics flavor of, uh, a, a Nimble flavor version of Dynamics. Just like today, there's a uh, automobile or real estate or medical version of Dynamics, there will be a social sales and marketing Nimble version of Dynamics. And um, I'm very excited about working with Microsoft again in the in the way that we did at Goldmine. We were the number one ISV for Microsoft globally uh, because we sold millions of NT server, SQL server and exchange server seats back in the day. Today, Nimble will be doing that with Office, Power Apps, Family, Dynamics, Azure, and even LinkedIn Sales Navigator, where we'll be embedding a lot of that technology within our platform and then allowing you to upgrade to the licensed versions of that, which will create a lot of business opportunities for the resellers that are reselling uh, those tools. Yeah, and for me, it, it goes into that process as well. So you get the mindset of, me paraphrasing here, easy, easy, easy. The the three top things for the users then. So it should be easy, it should be easy, and it should be easy for the, them to use. And perhaps I was in the wrong mindset before because I was sort of, okay, but we still have to do it for the managers because they are the ones buying it and paying for it. But perhaps... I'm so in this, as you said, the old mindset of CRM that I only look at the report and if no one is filling in, the report isn't worth anything anyway. Yes, exactly. And and I like to joke, but it's true. The reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Marcus, nobody <laughs> in their right mind would, would, would type in a CRM if they weren't beat on to do it. And, and Marcus, I know every thought leader in the world in CRM, including the guy who wrote the book on it, Paul Greenberg, none of the CRM analysts or influencers use any CRM. They all live in Gmail, G Suite, or Office. And so I believe that uh, what you just said is so absolutely true is that most CRM implementations are implemented for management. They just expect the sales reps to just conform and type the data in. Do you want to know the honest to gosh truth? Salespeople type in the day before it's due, whatever data is required so management stays off their back and they go on and do their job. And most managers don't even look at the data or the reports unless there's a problem. And so I think that too many people buy CRM because they think they should because everybody else is buying a CRM, but they don't really think through what data they want to get out of it, what reports and what data in, in, needs to be put into it and how much work it's going to be to put that data in. And that's why I think we all need uh, a system like Nimble that automagically works for us by logging 
who we talked to and, and what we said and when we did it and who those people are and what their business is about. So we can do the human things, the listening, the engagement and the follow up and follow through. Cause my dad taught me it's teams that wins games and follow up and follow through is the most critical thing that you need to do. And most people don't do it because you have to work for your CRM and you have to go to it to do it. And if we can blend dynamics in a nimble and have it work, not just inside your office inbox, calendar and contacts, but literally anywhere you're engaging, including Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, that's where you build relationships with customers in order to stay top of mind. And that's why people love nimble because it is easy, easy, easy. So what do you say to those who come to you and say, okay, we have this sales process and we need a CRM system that can support our sales process. And we have these five steps that each of the opportunities have to go through. Otherwise it doesn't follow the sales process. Sure. And, and Marcus, I understand about process and documentation and workflow, et cetera. In fact, I trademarked automated processes 25 years ago, which was the first if this and that for people and companies that did market automation back in the day. So process is important and Nimble actually has embedded within it the ability to define your stages uh, of your opportunities and have your uh, sales reps conform to those stages and flow things through those workflows uh, of those stages. Um, but um, but I really believe that uh, there has to be a balance between reporting and relationships and that you need to arm your customer-facing business team members with an easy, easy, easy relationship manager or contact manager and uh, to empower all of them, not just the salespeople, but everybody in your company to be on one page with all the customers. Because Marcus, when you call American Express, do you have to tell them who you are or what the la or last time you talked to anybody in the business? Uh, I'm not sure, but I would guess yes. Yeah, the thing is, is that big companies have great systems that, that automatically log all that stuff. And that's what serums are so good at. But the biggest failure is they depend on human beings to do that work. And you know, as a professional implementer of CRM systems, that human beings are not good at data entry. And that's why they need something that does it for them. Uh, just like I'm looking at your record here in Nimble, where it uh, essentially tells me uh, your background uh, across all your different identities and the people that you talk to. And I could walk into your digital footprint and see the people that we share in common. And ultimately, that's what business is founded on is building intimacy and trust with your prospective customers, staying top of mind so that they open up to you about their business issues. And when they need you, they think of you as a trusted advisor and they call you. You don't even have to do any cold calling anymore. All right. So if, if I have my CRM system now and I feel that, okay, the user adoption isn't where I want it to be and Let's agree, it never is where I want it to be. So where do I start? Is there, what should I, yeah, where do I start then? 
Well, if you're using Office 365, you can easily load Nimble on top. There's a free plugin for Office, Outlook, uh, mobile, and desktop that essentially gets you started down the road of helping your team to manage relationships and see insights on people and companies. And then the next thing I do is I'd consider using Nimble for everybody in the company, not just salespeople. So you have a, a, a relationship system or record, a contact manager for the whole team, and, uh, and then start using that within Dynamics so that basically your sales reps uh, can bring their golden Rolodex to work with them because salespeople don't put their contacts inside your business CRM. They only put in there the, the leads they want to get paid commission on. But imagine if your sales reps can bring their network and their brand to work with them. And that's what Nimble does by plugging into Office and Dynamics to help you and your team be on one page with the customer. So if you have an existing CRM, Nimble's great for you. If you don't have a CRM, Nimble can be that social sales and marketing CRM to help get you started. And as you grow, if you need more depth and process and reporting and plumbing, we will soon be able to embed Nimble into uh, Dynamics and basically allow you to upgrade to the Dynamics uh, version of Nimble. But before we continue, I have to say that this episode is sponsored by PowerObject CRM University. CRM University offers live, technical, and developer training on CRM for Dynamics 365 and recommended for CRM owners such as business analysts, data architects, developers, and trainers. CRM University courses cover configuration of the platform, BI and analytics, reporting, as well as extending CRM through the SDK. For more information on public training in North America and the UK, visit PowerObjects websites on the event page or go to powerobjects.com dynamics-crm-events or you can find the link on the episode show notes. So before the break there, we were talking about getting to this haven of CRM user adoption. But I mean, there must be some hand tips along the way as well as just, okay, use Nimble. I mean, you have some more specific tips as well? You bet, you bet. I think that, you know, getting user adoption is showing them what's in it for them. Right. Because if you just say, I want you to type the data in the system so we can run reports, it's not really about what's the benefit to them. So I think what we need to do is you need to pay attention to the user needs and benefits, clearly define and communicate how the CRM benefits the employees and the customers and the company as a combination of the three. And without that clear understanding of what's in it for them, they quickly become disillusioned and they abandon the project. Uh, failing to define company-specific usage protocols. I think it's important that you just don't give employees a CRM and say, you know, go do it. You need to really clearly define specifically what features you want to, want them to be using, what data you want them to be putting in, and what the benefit, what you're going to get out of it. And ideally, not asking them to become data injury jockeys. You know, I think that 60% uh, of their time is spent 
wasted logging uh, data and researching details and updating the CRM. And so if you can increase that, flip it around and make it that two thirds of the time is spent selling and maybe one third of the time is in editing data or updating data, then you, you absolutely are gonna double your productivity and don't try to implement too much functionality too quickly. Uh, roll it out uh, in stages uh, so that they, they can, they can at, understand and uh, begin to adopt and change their processes uh, so that it not asked to, do, asked to do too much at one time. And I mean, that goes two ways, both the fact that you can get feedback from them from the first part and that they sort of get it in chunks. And also perhaps you don't know the salespeople as well as you thought you did. So, I mean, you, you get the feedback and, and can act upon that so that the process is the actual sales process and not just the, the thing that you have on paper. Absolutely. I mean, you have must have been to many places where you get the sales process from the management and then when you come to the salespeople, they just go, whoa, whoa, that's interesting. We never thought we had that one. Yeah, you know, I, I think that if you involve your salespeople up front in the process of defining what they want out of the CRM and the best processes for selling, uh, I think you're going to be a lot more successful. But because in many cases, it's the salespeople that are in the trenches engaging with the customer and they know sort of the best practices and uh, and they that should inform what you might want to do, not only with the CRM, but how to teach other salespeople how to use it. And I think in the future that intelligence CRMs will automatically track the best practice and behaviors of your best salespeople, the ones that are most productive, and then to uh, automatically inform um, uh, the other sales reps about which leads are the best as as well as which tactics are the best in order to uh, maximize their efficiency and the results, including which documents to share, when to share them, and, and, and how to follow up and follow through. Because, you know, there's usually 10% of the people in your company doing 90% of the business. And if you could harness their knowledge, then you can transform the, the you know, a big part of the rest of the sales team. And I mean, sometimes the best thing to do is let the customer investigate some of the parts so that they have time to think about it and look for what they need as well so you don't just hammer them okay are you ready to buy are you ready to buy are you ready to buy as well well yeah and you do that, that and then they're, they're just gonna ignore you you know that's the old way of selling um, if, if you think about the reason why sales is a four letter word today, and in many cases, salespeople are on the same, uh, level of, as attorneys are is because, um, salespeople are focused on bagging and tagging customers and, and closing deals and making money. 
They're not focused on customer success and on adding value to the customer, even if it, may, it means recommending another product to that customer. And so if you could become their trusted advisor as opposed to the sales rep who wants to bag and tag them, you can transform the way that your company does business with its customers. And I think that social media is transforming the way that people uh, uh, that we all work and play, that, that customers buy, and also the way that we need to sell. And it's increasing the transparency and making us all a small village again. And so I think that, um, that sales has an opportunity to go through a renaissance, and that renaissance might be powered by real relationships. That's capital R-E-A-L real relationships and i think that we need to put the r back in crm so it's not customer reporting management that's customer relationship management okay so today i feel like more customers are more and more informed and they don't come to you with just okay we have this list of features that we would like for you to send me a quote on if they actually go to you, they found you in some other way or found you trustworthy. How do you tackle that? Sure. So if you think about the way that we built Goldmine is that I'm sitting there in an apartment in Los Angeles in 1989. I have the world's first CRM. How do you sell it to people who don't even know they need it? What I did is I went after their trusted advisor. It's the people that sold them the network, the Novell reseller back in the day, and basically got them to use it because people sell what they know and they know what they use. We got the Novell reseller to use it. Then they started recommend it and resell it. And today, as a business, you could replicate this the same strategy by building relationships with your prospects influencer. So if you think about this, most of your customers have influencers that make recommendations to them on things that they could or should do. If you built relationships with your customer's influencer or advisor, then you can scale your business at scale. And that's how we built the Nimble brand by identifying the influencer of our prospect in and around the areas of promise of our products. So thought leaders in sales, marketing, uh, customer service and social media, social selling, and began to build relationships with them who then in turn started to become our storytellers and recommenders, just like one of your episode, recent episode, uh, um, uh, uh, interviewees, Ben Vollmer. And so Ben is a thought leader in customer service and customer journey. And we built relationships with him five years ago as we started building our brand. And he became an evangelist and storyteller for us. So the anybody listening today should not be solely focused on prospects and customers, but ideally the influencer of their prospects and customer as well. And so you could build your company brand by building your team members brand in and around the areas of promise your product by helping them to share content that is inspiration educational in and around the areas of promise your product. So at Nimble, we share content about how to be better, smarter, faster at social sales and marketing across not just the Nimble brand, but our company brand, or by team members brands as well. And then that content that we share is content from influencers in those areas of influence, sales, marketing, customer service, social media, et cetera. And by sharing that content, we attract prospects who want to be better at those things, but also start conversations with those influencers. And all that has a net effect 
that builds a global brand by building a community around that brand, which starts with your team members and extends with the influencers and then ultimately the community of consumers around that. And if you could harness all that into a process, it is amazing. You don't even have to spend a dime on marketing. In fact, we didn't spend any money on marketing at Goldmine for the first six years, and we still don't advertise at Nimble. We're generating about 100,000 unique visitors per month on our website with zero marketing. We're converting at uh, 10% to from visitor trial and 20% trial to paid without any salespeople. And I think a big chunk of that has to do with our usage of uh, social and influencer marketing. All right. So if we try to go back to this user adoption then, so where are employees working around their CRM instead of using it then? Well, I think that they're working around their CRM because um, they're really spending more and more time in their email whether it's Office 365 or Outlook or Outlook Mobile or Gmail or G Suite, and now more and more in social. And so they're not going back to the CRM to type in who that person is and what their business is about or what they did in email or what they should do as far as uh, notes on the call or the schedule follow-up tasks. And I think that can be changed by number one, making it so that they don't have to type in so much stuff, that that stuff's automatically typed into their CRM for them. And then that their CRM then works with them wherever they're working, which is more and more in their inbox and now also social. And that's why we're building a plugin to Dynamics to help people do that automatically. Because I think that um, it's too much work to, to, to type stuff in when the computer should be doing that for you. Mustn't that be really hard? I mean, if you have part of it in email and part of it in social, I mean, you can be on LinkedIn and Twitter and then you get an email. These can be quite different channels. And then to get that to one of these opportunities, it, it's, it, it looks hard for me. Yes, but if you think about it, that's the nature of life today is that we're overconnected and overcommunicated and conversations can organically start in any one of those places and shift between those places and then come back to any one of those places. And how do you manage that? Because today I might start a connection with somebody on Twitter, which leads to a connection on LinkedIn, which leads to an appointment in my calendar, which links and links to a series of emails, and then maybe a connection on Facebook or Instagram, and then back to calendar and email. And so how do you manage all that? All that stuff's not in your CRM today. And that's why you should have a plugin like Nimble that basically helps you bring your CRM into all those places and unifies the history of interactions. So you have the context of the history for you and your team, the insights on who that person is and what their business is about. And most importantly, the ability to take action wherever you are, because I might read something in LinkedIn that says that you just took on a new role and I could make a comment in that LinkedIn thing, but I might be better off sending you an email right then and there or scheduling a task as a follow-up and you could do that within nimble without having to go back to your contact tool or your crm to do it and that's why people love doing that so say i am a 
a podcaster and now I want to find more sponsorships and, and that is the business that I do then. So then and there, that is that relationships that I I want to work at. Just to, to take that as an so- example for something that's really concrete then. Do I plug this into my listening a tool so I can find people talking about it as well or is it more that when I go to the sites using this extension in the browser then I get this pop-up or or how does it look like and feel and, and can be used? Sure. So there's a number of ways that you could do this. Number one is you could identify the typical companies that might be a sponsor and then go find more people like them by going to those company websites and using the plugin to build a record on the company and the people that you might want to outreach to where Nimble would then give you their emails and help you to set up templates of outreaches that give you signals and opens and clicks and create a process for that. But a simpler way to do that might be to go to the podcast that uh, that you think might have sponsors that would be similar to the ones that might sponsor you. So you would probably would think about sites that talk about sales or CRM or marketing or customer service customer journey, et cetera, uh, and basically go find other podcasts where there are sponsors and basically go make a list of those sponsors and let Nimble build records for those companies and records for those people with their emails and phone numbers and then do a, uh, use our email outreach tool to begin to nurture them and then connect with them and engage. And so there's a lot of ways to prospect. I'll tell you one way that I did at a recent Microsoft conference. So Microsoft asked me to be a speaker at uh, at uh, WPC uh, 16, and uh, that was like a year ago. And before I went to the conference to speak, I went and found a Twitter list of uh, of influencers and speakers for WPC 15. And that was about 3,500 people. I imported that Twitter list from with Nimble. Nimble imported Twitter list. Do you know what a Twitter list is, Marcus? Not really. Explain it to me. Sure. So if you go to my Twitter identity and just go to just Google John Ferrara and you'll see my Twitter identity. So just type in a browser, John Ferrara. And if you go to my Twitter identity, did you find my Twitter identity in the Google search? Yeah, sure. Okay. So then if you go to the Twitter identity, you look at the top, it says tweets, followers, following, likes, and lists. Do you see the lists? Yeah, okay. Okay. So you click into the lists, and in the list, you'll see lists that I have built, right? So you see there's a MS Inspire community list, there's MS Build list, there's all these different lists uh, that I've built. And so uh, if you look at member of, these are lists that other people put me on. And so if you're trying to find more people like John Ferrara, you can find the list that I create or the list that other people put me on to basically find more people like me. And so what I did is I did this uh, with Inspire, or actually back then it was called WPC. And uh, I imported that Twitter list because if you plug our browser plugin into um your browser, uh, there's a button for importing that list. I imported 3,500 people who were influencers from the previous year's WPC conference. And then Nibble enriched those records with people and company information, which I was then able to outreach to them. I didn't email all 3,500. I emailed 200 of them. 
I got a 50% open rate on those emails and the email is to invite them to my TED talk on social selling. I got a 50% open rate and I scheduled 25 meetings, one of which resulted in Microsoft signing a reseller agreement with Nimble. Now, have you ever done a marketing outreach, Marcus? No, talk me through it. Okay, so marketing outreach means identifying a group of people to connect with, building a templated email outreach, and then sending that email to that group. Have you ever done that? Yeah, sure. Okay, what's the typical open rate on an email, do you think, uh, on, a, on a blind email? 10%. Maybe, if you're lucky. Maybe it's 3%, 5%, 10%'s high. 50% is outrageous. Now, why was I able to get a 50% open rate? Because when you put a name in Nimble, we enrich it with people and company data, in which case you can segment people based off who they are, what their business is about, and their areas of interest and influence. So if I can segment out of 3,500, 200 people that are interested in social sales and marketing, I can then send them an outreach email that's tailored to them, which is a one-to-one -one relevant authentic email, which feels like I'm talking from me to them. The email comes from my email, not a machine, not an Infusionsoft, not a market automation email, but my John at Nimble email. And I then get signals and they opens and clicks. And if I can get a 50% open rate, you can make tremendous headway in any outreach. And do you ever go to a conference, Marcus? Of course I do. Sometimes okay. I carve out the time of, of my schedule to actually go to conferences. And, and that's good because the more digital we get, the more human we need to be. And these human-to-human -human interactions at conferences are tremendous for building your brand and your network. Imagine if you were able to any conference you go to, to import the influencers from the previous year. And before you go to that conference, segment out and outreach to people to set up interactions and meetings, you're going to increase dramatically your ability to be effective at the conference and after the conference. And that's the power of a intelligent, simple social sales and marketing relationship manager like Nimble because we take into account the intelligence of the data behind people and companies and social to help you then outreach at scale. And so I encourage you for the next conference you go to, to go find a Twitter list of the previous year's people imported into Nimble and then do an outreach against that. You'll see that it's tremendously powerful. But we did digress a little bit in regards to the topics of conversation. But one of the things I want to reinforce with what we just talked about is salespeople can't depend on their business to give them leads anymore. They need to proactively build their brand and their network as an individual because your network is your net worth. Your personal brand plus your professional network will help you achieve your passion, plan, and purpose in life. And then you need to prospect on your own in order to go out and identify the people that matter and build the community around you in order for you to be successful, not just focusing on prospects and customers, but more importantly, the influencer thereof. Because if you can identify the influencer of your prospect and build a relationship with them and then have them begin to tell your story and to recommend you to their audiences, that's when it creates the network effect that can help you achieve your dreams in life. And the dream of your life shouldn't be to make money. It should be to help other people become better, smarter, faster at scale. Because if you can help other people grow at scale, you could build a gold mine. I know I did. The thing that you said about me selling, so that is 
more than that people trust me, I build up my, probably not brand, but that uh, that they buy from me because they, 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 they trust me and that uh, I will give them value as content or or services or products no matter what it is yes you you don't want to be seen as a salesperson you want to be seen as a trusted advisor you want to be able to stand out from the crowd as somebody who can help other people grow because uh zig ziglar said it best the more people you can help grow the more you will grow and so your, your, your intention in life isn't to make as much money as you can because you're not going to take that money with you when you die. Your, your intention in life should be to help other people to become better, smarter, faster. And so if you could figure out how to do that, you can, you can have all the riches you want in the world. And the riches that you'll receive ideally isn't money. It's other people saying, Marcus, thank you so much for this podcast. I learned so much by listening to this. I'm going to tell my friends about this. And I want to learn more about you because you seem to know a lot about CRM. And then all of a sudden, they may want to sponsor you or they might want you to hire you to do the CRM because you're an expert in CRM. As opposed to you basically pounding them and saying, are you ready to buy my CRM or, you know, you sending them quarterly newsletters about how great Dynamics is, you know, it, it, people don't buy great products. They buy better versions of themselves. And so if you can show people how you can help them become better, smarter, faster, they'll buy from you all day long. And then start with the, the why then. I, I, I would actually start with this. So Marcus, you, your areas of passion in involve um, uh, sales and uh, and CRM and data models and enterprise resource planning and, and Microsoft. Is that correct? Sure. Well, maybe not completely, but you know that's what Nimble tells me, right? Yeah. And so you've created that area of influence by the content that you share. Okay. So if I were to walk in your digital footprint, I could go ahead and see the kinds of things that you share and you share things about relationship management and CRM and, um, and other things like that. Any business person listening today knows more about their products and services than their customers will ever know in their life. Imagine if you gave that knowledge away on a daily basis, would people buy more or less from you? Probably more than. Yes. So let's take in a concrete example. There's a guy in the United States called Dr. Weil. And Dr. Weil is a Harvard-trained MD. And he focused on studying optimal health, how you can create optimal health. Now, you come from the Nordic region, and you guys are all into eating healthy and living healthy lives. And, uh, and, and if you eat the right things, if you get the right rest, if you do the right meditation, uh, if you don't drink or smoke too much, you're going to probably live longer and happier and healthier, right? Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Try. And, and so Dr. Weil all day long just gives away knowledge about how to be uh, healthier and to lead a better, uh, effective life. And you know what? He sells, not only sells a lot of books, but he now doctors are coming to him to be trained on how to do this. And he's opened up a national chain of restaurants that feed healthy food in restaurants. So he's created this brand and this business by just giving away knowledge about how to be 
better, smarter, healthier. So any business person listening today, if they just woke up every morning and had their cup of coffee or tea and began to just whatever things that they read that are inspirational, educational, in around the areas of promise of their products and services, they just shared that content. It's like dripping a digital lure into the social business river and people bite on that lure. They, they then plus one like, comment, otherwise engage with it. And then you as a business person need to reel them in to start a conversation and a relationship. That's why I built Nimble is because today, if you're smart, you are building an identity across Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera. And you're sharing content on a daily basis about how you might help others become better, smarter, faster on a daily basis. And then if you do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to generate more conversations and connections than you could properly manage manually. So you need a tool in order to do that. That's the fishing pole, which is nimble. But you know, rather than me telling you how great nimble is, I'd rather teach you to fish. I'd rather teach you how to build your brand and nurture a network and do content sharing and all that. And if I do that, then you'll figure out actually sell the fishing pole. So if you teach people to fish, they'll figure out you sell fishing poles. And my five E's of success in doing that is to educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower your customer. So educate with content that's enchanting with the uh, intention to empower other people to succeed. So five E's, educate, enchant, engage, embrace, and empower your customers with the intent to help them grow, not to bag and tag and make dollars. Or what? what's the coin in uh, in Sweden? The Kronos? Yeah, correct. Is it Euro? Are you European Union now? Uh, we're part of a European Union, but not a Euro. Ah, you're like England. You kept the crown, huh? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Or the pound, yeah. I mean, the pound. The, the pound in the UK, yes. Yes, that's smart. Thank you for your participation in CRM Rocks, John Ferreira. Marcus, it was my pleasure to have a conversation with you about our shared passion, powering people to help them achieve their dreams. And ultimately, that is what CRM is about, is about powering businesses and people to achieve their dreams. And it takes a process. It takes a platform. And I believe that Salesforce and Dynamics are foundational plumbing reporting platforms that are great for companies in management. But what's missing is the relationship platform that helps salespeople become more nimble. And that's why I got back in the business is to power people. And so thank you for letting me get up on my soapbox and do a little inspiration and education. And thank to you who are listening. And don't forget that you can find CRM Rocks and subscribe to it uh, on your favorite podcasting app. See you next time on CRM Rocks.